What's going on, guys? Welcome to In the Zone. I'm your host, Garrison Roy. And today we're gonna go on a little bit of a educational rant here. And you know, I've I've seen some people uh you know reposting and sharing the episode. So I really appreciate that, you guys. But of course, if you get anything out of this or know anyone who needs to listen to it, please share the show. All right, because we talk about several different topics, and I want to hear topics that you guys want to listen to as well. So please send those in. And uh, yeah, without further ado, I'll just kind of dive into this one. It's titled Deload or Die, right? Now, obviously a little extreme here, but you know, if you're pushing yourself to a lot of high limits and you're not giving yourself the time to recover, you're probably missing a big piece of the overall development that you could be getting, right? Because if you're constantly running yourself into the ground, you're not giving your si- yourself time to be able to bounce back, right? And you probably heard deload as like a buzzword or stuff. And, and I do agree. Maybe there's some people who use this poorly, right? And I don't think you need a deload all the time, right? Early on in my coaching career, I had uh, the misconception of deload was like an every four week thing, but it was really more for the off season whenever you're really hammering guys. And I was thinking that that was how you, you know, programmed everyone. But of course I made a mistake on that end. Um, But I'll just kind of walk you through the different phases of training that you go through in order to get to that deload phase. It's not just something that you just randomly throw out there without having some other indicators for that. But, Um, You know, these different phases of training, first one be the accumulation phase, right? So that's where athletes are building a solid foundation and, you know, progressively increasing their training volume and intensity. You could look at this in a macro or micro setting, right? Macro being large or over time. So I would say probably the first one or two years macro wise would be an accumulation phase in and of itself. And also for like an off season you know, probably the first four to six weeks is also an accumulation phase. You can break this up however you'd like or, you know, however you're coaching guys, but that's basically an accumulating of uh, a volume in that in that base with the foundational movements, right? Then you get into the intensification phase, right? And this is probably year two and beyond where you're already having certain patterns down in the macro setting or the micro setting could be, okay, cool. You got foundation, foundational patterns in, now let's t- try to ramp it up a little bit. And this is where just maybe get a little bit more specific or intense or use that you could even start inserting, you know, some other types of training their way, right? But it's it's all going to be tailored towards the demands of the sport. So you're not really going for any of the, the general, um, you know, foundational patterns because they should already have those down, right? Now, the third phase is the peaking phase, right? And this is where training volume can kind of decrease, but the intensity remains high. And this is where they're looking to peak for competition, 
You could also rename this like preseason phase or something similar to that, right? Um, and again, you can break this up in, into the season or through macro load here. Um, peaking, you know, a lot of ways you could do that is if you're getting ready for a tryout or you're getting ready to, you know, show out for any type of event or, you know, building up to one particular point in time. I think that would be a great way to go about it. And again, you can even undulate this throughout the season. Um, of course, most of that's just really more of readiness and potentiation. It's hard to do some of the intensification in season, especially in baseball. Uh, but sometimes you can kind of phase in and out of peaking phases, depending on the athlete's needs, right? That's where it kind of gets a little more individualized. Now, the fourth phase is the deal phase, right? This is also known as tapering or cutting back for a short period of time, usually for about a week or two. And the uh, training load is intentionally cut back, right? So it's not just something where, oh, hey, I'm just lifting less weight or something like that. But you can cut back the load, you can cut back the intensity, and you can also cut back the volume. And I mentioned the load first because that's where a lot of people do miss that is, especially in that peaking phase, sometimes they're keeping everything really, really high. And if you just cut back, maybe instead of lifting, you know, 75, 80% of what you're normally doing, you cut that back to 50. That can do a lot of stuff for you. Or in the previous podcast that we just had with Brian Walker, he was talking about how they reduced the lifting uh, in half or really less than what they had. And then increase some of the conditioning side and focused on recovery. That's also a phase of a deload that you can help see guys bounce back up if they're getting into a little bit of a rut where there's nothing else that's changed, right? But you got to be able to know when you're getting to that point, right? And you have to measure and see when those things and the either the readiness scores or your velocity, exit velocity, what have you, is starting to taper back. If that's starting to cut back, then it's time for us to, you know, reevaluate some things. Now, obviously this is really well known in the the training, strength and conditioning realm, but I do think this is also very valuable in the throwing aspect of things too. Right? Or even you you could even boil this down into swings or fielding ground balls, right? Cuz you're just doing a lot of it or, you know, going through a lot of swings throughout the day and you can undulate those throughout the week too similar to how you would do lifts and, and throwing um you know but it's it's a lot of rotational movement and it's something that you you do have to kind of monitor right it's it's not something that you have to completely cut back on and this is where a lot of guys tend to go into that oh pt rest oh ramp back up rest ramp back up that continuous like roller coaster and where they keep getting injured because they're not allowing themselves time to have enough of the accumulation to ramp up right that accumulation phase and then they intensify it they just go right into oh we're ramping up okay cool now we're peaking now we're going right into actual game mode right that's something totally uh, i in my personal opinion i think it's irresponsible to be able to just keep continuing to do that and not allow guys to bounce back and fully recover and make sure that they're fully prepared before throwing them back into a game. And I see this constantly in the travel ball circuit. And, you know, if you have 
the resources like some of the professional organizations do, you know, they, they have a lot of other things that they can measure and have as dashboard indicators to be like, okay, hey, he's ready to go on, even if this doesn't fit normal timelines of a recovery time. And, you know, they probably have resources to other recovery modalities to help expedite this too, right? Uh, so just be thinking of that in terms of things and looking at the big picture. But, you know, when you have a 12-year-old Jimmy throwing, you know, and you see his velocity go- going down a little bit, you shouldn't completely shut down. And I think even this point in time of the year, I'm recording this in August of t- 2023, Right. A lot of guys, even in the college side of things, they may have played full on summer ball. They've been getting after it and they just finished up. And this is probably the time where they should take that deload, I think, because they can't completely cut off throwing, in my opinion, if they're expected to throw in games and compete for a, a spot in the fall at their college. Right. And my personal opinion, I would love to see some of the colleges push back some of the fall season to more late October, November, so that they can have some more rest or even for guys who are ramping back up, you know, maybe they took the summer off or whatever it is, or they were training somewhere and they just have to accumulate and get used to being back on the mound again and getting that back up. Cause if they're coming back, you know, week one and they're already throwing in live ABs and some of them haven't thrown in a few weeks, you know, that that's that heavy high spike of workload that you'll see. And that's where guys tend to get injured the most. And you see it all the time, every single year with injuries in pro ball, like right around this time, you don't see a whole lot of guys going down with arm injuries, maybe a few here and there. Um, you know, again, I don't have direct stats on this, but I do think there are a lot more injuries between that March and April time period because it attests to maybe they ramped up too quickly through the off season or they didn't ramp up quick enough to where once they got to the spring training games, their body wasn't ready to take on any of that intensity uh, of of being in games and throwing back-to-back innings, right? So that's, again, need a lot more context to give this more specifically, but I do think that deloads are really important. And I lean more towards the school of thought of, hey, let's not take complete time off throwing if you're expected to throw in games or in anything later on like you need to just cut back the intensity cut back the volume right so instead of throwing and long tossing out to max or you know throwing 100 percent effort bullpens maybe you just do a few touch and feels maybe you do some some light toss or cut back the long toss you know whatever it is that you have going on and you cut back the pocket radar gun readings and you're able to see okay hey with 75% of my maximum velocity. And that could be good readings. And maybe even as far as volumes of swings, that could be one of the amount of ground balls that you're taking. Like, I know I see this happen all the time and, you know, it's a great day out. So, you, you know, your dad wants to hit you a bunch of fungos and all of a sudden you're back the next day and your legs are dead and your back hurts because you're leaning over f- for so long period of time trying to fill ground balls. Maybe your arm's feeling a little fatigued from all the throws you did, right? Like you got to take that into account. And I know a lot of pro orgs are using like GPS systems and stuff now to be able to track this and see when they're overreaching, which is great. But, you know, sometimes you have to kind of use 
what you have, if you don't have that technology to be able to access that, you got to listen to your body and know what's best for you. All right. So that's just my extra rant, but really more educational piece too on deload, what that actually means. And it's not just an actual buzzword or just doing it for the sake of deloading to just deload isn't always the answer either. Right. But if you are seeing some trends, you're seeing some downward velocity, you're seeing some things that are, you know, indicative of where you would might need that. I say go for it. It's it's something that you you definitely need to have in the toolbox, but you got to earn it. Right. And I and I emphasize earning it as in you got to put in the work. It's not something that you're doing, you're like, oh, I'm sore. Oh, I'm I my arm's not feeling the best. I need to deload. It's not the idea that you're kind of going for here. This is something that you are working towards. If you feel like you need a deload or your arm's hurting you, that's probably a whole nother can of worms to uncover there. But yeah, that's all I got for this episode, guys. If you got any value out of this or if you know someone who needs to listen, feel free to share it and stay in zone.